Welcome to the Clean Truth, what we like to call bullshit on the status quo. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Truth. I'm Don. I'm your host. Today we are filming and recording in a secret location. I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. And I probably wouldn't be the one killing you. The guy sitting next to me would probably kill you. We have Tony Cowden. What's up? I don't. I don't think it's it. It's not. You know, it's not. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. It's. I could tell you, but then I have to kill myself. Okay, there's that. <laughs> so actually, right before we hit record, you asked me about the podcast, and you asked me why we started doing it, and what we've been talking about, and who we've been interviewing, and things like that. And I feel like we've done pretty good since we relaunched it, but we kind of. For a couple episodes there, we kind of steered away from the original goal of what I set out to do, which was basically, you know, in the intro of the podcast, we say we call bullshit on the status quo. And I feel like since I've known you over the last five or six years, you're one of those guys for me. And I don't know, you, I know you have guys like this in your life. I know a lot of people do, but you're one of those guys that when you're around people like that and you're in a room like that, they're never going to bullshit you. You know, they're never going to sugarcoat it. And it's something that you're always going to want to be a better version of yourself, for lack of a better sense. <laughs> and there's some stuff that I'm going to ask you about, and I know that you're not going to fucking <laughs> sugarcoat it, and you're going to give it to me straight. And so that's kind of what the goal of the podcast was, you know. But it was more with food and things like that and lifestyle-related stuff. But, I mean, some of the stuff that you used to do and that you're currently doing fall under that scope so for sure yeah right on yeah i definitely get uh you know people accuse me of speaking my mind here and there um i mean man i got stuff to do i don't have time to bs people i you know whether it was in you know the fitness world and training whether it's training triathletes or military dudes or lifters or whatever man you know people just don't have time for bs you know and it's all about results that's all i ever cared about it's like you know and it's still with me and I mean, obviously, you, you know, Melissa, my girlfriend, who's a monster in and of herself, super successful person, she will say, she's like, it's, she, she says, it, I'm just a little too extreme when it comes to stuff, you know, like, once I decide to do something, she's like, you don't care how many people have to die for you to accomplish your goals. And it doesn't mean I'm trying to hurt people along the way. It means I'm going to accomplish that stuff no matter what. And, and a lot of times it's actually, it's, it's me. That's the one that almost dies. <laughs> so, uh, literally in a couple of cases, but yeah, man, I mean, there's just no time to, to BS people. And I think these days, man, you're talking about the status quo, the problem with the status quo is, I mean, lowest common denominator in every single thing that's wrong on this planet is human beings. We have a nature, you know, and, and people have a nature and, and, some people have good nature and some people are kind of in the middle and then there's just some people are crappy people. Right. But with this, the whole internet and socials and all that, every all this stuff has been magnified. Everyone has a you know magnifier for their life, for their views, for whatever they want to say. They can just say it, you know? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's vetted, if it's been validated. Um, well, it doesn't have to be validated. Right. Yeah, the just, they just say itself. it, you know? And, and you see it in the fitness world, man. How many, how many fitness competitors do a photo shoot a year, and all they do is post photos for the rest of the year right around around their show? But ten months out of the year, they're really just a fatty, right? You know, um, and that's 
I don't know. I think that's that's the kind of stuff. Is that's dishonest to me? You know, it's it's we call it perpetrating fraud, right? You're perpetrating a fraud. It's like in the shooting and tactical world, there's a bunch of people that never saw combat, but that's all they talk about. It's all they sell, you know. And I don't know, man. It's just it's not hard to be honest. So setting a stage for people that don't really know who you are. You're a veteran. Grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. Army, yes. Navy, Army. Army. Yeah. Um, what do you do now? Well, so I know. Well, I mean, real quick, man. I spent uh, eight years in the Army. Uh, I got in at the end of the Clinton administration, so I've seen a couple of presidents, had a couple of different commanders and chiefs. Now, uh, I broke my back and got out of the Army and went to work for the intelligence agency. And I didn't think I was ever going to be like operational again. So I was in special forces and in the special operations world in the army and I uh, broke my back. I thought I was done. I thought I was never really going to be able to walk again. So I got out and went to work at the intelligence agency and I got better. I uh, was able to actually walk again, started lifting, got back in pretty good shape, pretty fast. Lots of pain. Um, I always joke that first year after breaking my back, it's a little blurry, probably, probably a little too much volume. Uh, luckily, you know, Oxy wasn't in style back then. Man, so many veterans, you know, were prescribed Oxy and just went to hell on that. So, so many people, you know, whether athletes, whatever, man, Oxy's just bad stuff. So I was really lucky. But I did eat a lot of volume. Um, <laughs> but uh, made, a, made a comeback, man, got healthy, went over to um, a, basically a project, if you want to call it that. A, a part of the of the intelligence agency. I'm working in a couple of different projects, a couple of different places over there, but operational again, like more gun carrying type, special operation type stuff. And uh, I've done that since you know late oh four oh five. Um, my last trip was last year, so I still do that. I got back in the National Guard. A lot of people don't know this, but the special operations units have reserve and National Guard components you know, standby guys or whatever. Um, they weren't used quite like that. Special Forces National Guard actually got deployed nonstop during the uh, the whole GWAT global war on terror. And uh, they were used, and they still are. I mean, they're, it's nonstop. And basically, like, they stand a team up. They're on active duty for a year. They go through the same training, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I got back into that. And so the, the two National Guard Reserve units are 19th and 20th Special Forces groups. Is there an age limit for that? The National Guard? Um, yes. I, I do that. not know what they are. Do you mean um, you know, so, and they have different rules. Like if you just want to come in off the street, you never had prior service. Like you can get in later if you've had prior service. You don't have to go through basic and all that stuff again. But I mean, you can go to Special Forces Selection and all the different selection courses and stuff pretty late in life. Um, uh, a guy I knew, Dick Smoot, sucks, man. But um, Dick Smoot was the oldest person to go to Special Forces Selection and pass. And at 51 years old, he went to Special Forces Dive School, which is very well known as like one of the hardest special operations schools. At 51. 51, oldest dude. And then went to Ranger School at 52 years old. The dude was a Vietnam vet. He had a 27-year break in service. Anyway, three or four trips to Afghanistan and Iraq. Two summers ago, he was riding his Harley. He got hit by a kid that was text messaging and crossed the center line. It and that's some shit. But anyway, guys like Dick Spoon are pretty awesome. But yeah, you can you can try out for that stuff pretty late. Long story short, I got back in. I work for for group now, uh, group headquarters. I work for the, what's called the Advanced Skills Detachment, 
So I, I teach some of the um, the specialty schools, whether it's you know CQB and breaching and that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, so yeah, I do that. Uh, you know, I have my gym. Uh, I had uh, Wilmington Strength and Condition slash CrossFit Wilmington in Wilmington, North Carolina, and that was successful and did really great with it. I uh, was ready to move on, so I sold that. Uh, but all that while, I was still doing contracting stuff for the agency, and. Um, I still do some online training and stuff uh, for us the physical side of the house, but mostly now I'm doing contract stuff, whether it's for the DOD, DOJ, um, Department of Defense, Department of Justice. Uh, but this summer I actually took off from all that kind of stuff and I actually have just been teaching civilians. I've really gotten into competition shooting, USPSA um, is the uh, sanctioned and body. And it's just running and gunning, man. And it's a lot of fun. It's like the first time I've had fun shooting in a long time, right? Because shooting's always just been part of my job. Sure. And it's just a blast. So I've been, I took the summer off to really kind of focus on that instead of doing, you know, over the last few years, man, I've been doing some pretty crazy physical training that's undoubtedly take, taken a serious toll on my um, aging chassis <laughs> and body. Uh, I, Lord knows I probably accelerated um, my aging and probably bumped up my death for a few years, uh, a few years in the last couple of years. So this year was all about just, hey, I'm just going to shoot competitive shooting. I'm going to take my lifting lighter. I'm going to take my runs much shorter and just get healthy. So that's that's kind of where I've been and, and where I'm at. So I think our paths crossed when, when Yvonne and I moved to, to Wilmington and you owned CrossFit Wilmington. And if you don't know, CrossFit Wilmington was – kind of like a mecca, I would say, for CrossFit gyms on the eastern seaboard, at least in the Carolinas, that that I was aware of. And, yeah. you know, we came from a bodybuilding background, and you guys came from, I think it was a CrossFit background, but you guys did a lot of everything. And Yeah, well, you know, Melissa was into bodybuilding before CrossFit, and that's how you guys met her at the show with Yvonne. Um, I kind of got into CrossFit as a means to an end for training for, um, you know, deployments and that type of physical fitness. And yeah, we started a gym and it was really just the intent was for me to have a place to train when I came home from deployments, same type of guys. And then I just, I, I just can't help myself. I just grew it and it just kept growing. I had an awesome team of people and I literally structured it like a special forces ODA. And when I sold it, man, we had like 450 members and uh, 33 coaches and a dojo upstairs, massage therapist. I mean, it was it was, it was a crazy. cool facility. It was a nutty facility, but you know, I, I was the most anti CrossFit CrossFit gym owner out there, and you know that I was all for bodybuilding, powerlifting, triathlons, whatever you were into. You know, we wanted you to be able to train it at our place. You know, um, I'm not a one size fit all fitness sure. guy, and um, so yeah, it, it was kind of cool. We were one of the first CrossFits in general. Um, we were the the fourth CrossFit in North Carolina. So yeah, we kind of had our roots dug in and we sent a lot of people, we spent, sent 17 athletes to the CrossFit games. And, um, you know, so we did really well for being in such a small town, relatively speaking, you know? So yeah, it was <laughs> what a ride that was. Well, that can kind of intro into something that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, I think I came to you maybe a little over a year ago. I can't remember the timeline, but you know, I, Yvonne and I don't compete anymore. Since we franchised the business, we just don't have time for it. And I think right at that time is when we kind of lost that passion for it anyway. We were kind of done with it. It's a tough it's just, life. You know, it's... <laughs> but since I've quit that, and 
I guess I'm going to ask you for a little bit of knowledge and kind of guidance here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, since I've quit that, I've kind of dipped my toes into, I would say, just about everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I came to you, I was, I had some interest in powerlifting. And I think I even said, fuck it. You know, I, I knew how to squat and I knew how to deadlift. But I don't think I ever really knew how to do it fundamentally correct. Right. So remember when I came to the gym yeah. and you just basically, we started with 135. Yeah, that, that's probably been like. It might have been Three two years. years ago, yeah, I was gonna say it, the it triathlon might have been a while. you did uh, exactly that stuff. That yeah. was that was two summers ago, dude. So so that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Like, yeah. you know, you at the time I think you guys were doing a lot of the hybrid stuff, and right. I was like, man, that is so fucking cool. Right. And I think I was just, you know, there for a while after we got out. I think I was just intimidated that I would suck at it and didn't really know what I was doing. And then I did it, and I did that little tri sprint. Never really did a powerlifting meet, but never really had that passion to do it. And like. Right. Nothing's really just grabbed me and said, right. fuck, I want to do this. You know Powerlifting I mean? hurts, man. You know, um, those guys that are lifting the big weights and stuff, which, which no doubt in my mind, you're capable of with your build and all that. Dude, to get up in there and them 800,000 pound squats, dude, you're, yeah, that's dude, some serious stuff, man. Um, you know, my, my heavy squats nowhere near what those big guys are, are moving. They're not even big guys. I mean, there's 800, 185 pound dudes, 182s. That are squatting a thousand pounds, man. Dude, that's just you know, not the, the, in the cards for me. It, the type of training <laughs> that goes into that is, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, me getting and my best squat. Yeah, a lot of drugs, man. And the drugs that make you that kind of strong are not good for you. No. You know, uh, not good for you. But so anyway, yeah. You know, I did the tri sprint. <laughs> right. And since then, you know, I've, I've gotten to be really good buddies with the strength and conditioning guys at the college. So. I've gotten into more of that, more of, you know, a functional type training, whether you call it CrossFit or whatever you want to call it, yeah. mixed with some, you know, hypertrophy training and, and things like that. But even, I would say just the gym aspect of it is been lackluster at best for me. And then, you know, recently I've kind of, I, I approached you not too long ago and said, I want to try my hand at this USPA stuff. Right. And, you know, I've tried that and then... A couple of weeks ago, I went and did a couple of jujitsu classes with John Salter. Nice. So I've tried just a little bit about everything. Yeah. And there's, you know, I still, the shooting I really, really enjoy. And the gym will always be a part of me. Right. But for somebody like me, who's been at the top caliber of one sport trying to find another one, you have done just about every physical fitness feat on yeah. the planet that I can think of, right. which we can go down that rabbit hole if you want. You've done the 666. You've done an ultra. Yeah. I mean, all of this other shit. I've been mediocre at a lot of things. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... I mean, maybe top mediocre at a lot of things. And I will tell you, bro, I just want to shout out Area Match, like, uh, which is a, like a regional, uh, an area is basically a region up in Pennsylvania. And bro, I got... 60 some place or something man i had malfunctions on the gun and i mean i'm not i'm i guess if you want to compare it like you got your top shooters that are like your michael jordans uh i'm like a maybe a a good college basketball player if you compare it and this is i mean shooting something i've done my whole life but uspsa is i mean it's racing guns that's what you're doing you're racing with a gun right that's what it is it's very physical lots of zigging and zagging lots of planning it's not like NASCAR, and I'm just going around in a circle. Um, and you know, you know, sucks to suck, nerd. Um, but I enjoy the progress. I'm not. I'm okay with being the worst dude at something in the room, because if I put myself in the room and I'm the new guy, it's because I'm. I, I want to learn it. I want to get better. 
you know, so, you know, I, I'm constantly talking to some of the top pros out there. I've made some friends with the Michael Jordans of the USPSA community, JJ Ricazzo, we were just talking about him and some other grandmaster shooters. And dude, I, you know, yeah, it sucks to suck, nerd, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Like I enjoy getting better, you know, and you know, like Melissa says, you know, when I put my focus to something, dude, I'm going to go, I'm going to get as good as I can at it. Sure. You know, I have no, I have no visions of grandeur when it comes to pro shooting. I am 43 years old. It's a little slow, little, little late to start a new sport. You know what I mean? Um, I'd probably be just as well off trying to play basketball, <laughs> which Lord knows I'm not cut out for that. I think that's uh, what I struggle with yeah. now is, you know, trying to find that, mental fortitude to say, you know what? I'm going to get really fucking good at this. Huh. I haven't yeah. found that since I left bodybuilding. Yeah. I have nothing. I get it. I mean, even when yeah. I go downstairs and train at the See, gym, but I'll set all what? kinds of personal goals. And You were better at bodybuilding than I've ever been at any of the stuff I've, I've, you know, comparatively speaking, in the bodybuilding world, you know, you were better at that on a different scale than I've been at any of the stuff I've ever done. Um, I don't know about it, that. Well, okay, maybe, I mean, it's hobbies, right? Like you're obviously at your work, you're super successful. At my work, I was super successful, right? But as far as hobbies go, I have never been the best at CrossFit. I mean, I went to regionals one year and qualified for the games. Um, you know, powerlifting, you know, the 666 is such a niche thing. Um, you know, I did it. Yeah, there's only been like 10 dudes to do it. Which is insane, by the way. What, yeah, so and more just... people could do it, man. More people. I trained two guys, two of those guys I trained to it last year. Um, and more people could do it. They just, it, it's just tough. You know, that's, that's it. There's no doubt in my mind. There's a thousand people on the planet that could train for eight months and do the 666. So the 666 is a 600 pound squat, 600 pound deadlift and run a mile in under six minutes. Yeah. In, in 24 hours on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the deadlift in the squat or the, the deadlift in the run, the run, I've ran a sub six minute mile. For most all of my life, except for the when I was recovering from a broken femur, I didn't run real good during that time. <laughs> and when I, after I broke my back <laughs> and a couple other injuries, were the only time in my life that I was unable to run a sub six minute mile. I've always been a decent runner, especially a short course runner. Um, the deadlift that wasn't hard when I started. After it, I was already deadlifting like five fifty. But my the squat man, six foot tall, you know, at the time two twenty. There's just not a lot of dudes out there that can at, at that height and those ratios that can squat 600 pounds uh, without a suit, right? I, I did use wraps or without trim. Well, check it out. You can't run a sub six minute mile no. on those drugs. They destroy. It your would feel endurance. like your kidney was exploding right, you know? in your back. So that was the hard part, you know. And I had people say, "Hey, man, well, all you got to do if you want to squat 600 pounds, man, you're, you're already squatting 550. You know, you're already squatting. You're so close. Just use trim." Yeah, but it didn't quite work like that. You know what I mean? Because it would have killed my mile. And because uh, I was getting stronger, my mile was like 525 when I started. But it was getting closer to six. Like I couldn't compromise. I had no room to, to mess that Was up. that because of weight gain? Right. And then I did. I finally said, okay, uh, Brandon Crable, uh, who had done the 666. Uh, he's one of the guys um, who had already done it. He was like, hey, man. You know, you're going to have to gain some weight. And I was, like I said, like 220 in four months. I went from 220 to 255. I just started eating, dude. And I actually, for the first time in like 15 years, went to, added, I added uh, hypertrophy 
I had not done any real hypertrophy work. So I was doing, I was training every little tiny muscle that you could think of, like a bodybuilder, on top of uh, the powerlifting movement. So a, basically a power building program. Sure. Uh, I went to running once a week. I would go run two or three eight hundreds, just make sure I could keep that mile. You know, and I was like, screw it. If I run 559, but I can hit that 600 pound squat, uh, who cares? And that's kind of what I did. Um, it's kind of what I did, man. Freaking. So do you think it's easier to basically pick a, how do I want to explain this? So would it be easier for somebody who's trying to find what I'm looking for? Would it be easier to just say, fuck it all. I'm going to pick an event or a date or something and just shoot for it. Because I think what I'm doing is, and what I have been doing lately is I'm saying, okay, I'll get down to 200 pounds and an X percent body fat and be able to <clears throat> lift X amount total and do all this shit. I never follow through with it because I don't think it's enough. You know what I mean? And the reason that I'm asking you this is because you've done so many different things and you set your mind to, you know, like the ultra thing. I guarantee you, you weren't doing much other than training for that when you were getting ready for that. Yeah. So is it easier? I think I kind of know the answer in my gut. I think, man, it really is just like, hey, you know, when I decided to run the ultras last year, I did the 666 and I immediately switched gears and said, I'm going to go run a 200-mile ultra marathon. Quite a shift. Plus, I was 255 pounds and I needed to be 200. <laughs> um, and I only had eight months to do it. Now, it didn't work out really good. Um, you know, uh, the first 200 we tried, you know, Melissa blew her knee out and, um, and it just we've told this story before whatever and we basically post dnf together we started together with dnf together uh so i went back tried it again and that's when i almost you know <laughs> almost killed myself uh but to answer your question man i think you just got to pick something and say hey you know i'm going after it whatever it is it is hard to do more than one thing i was shooting uspsa while training for ultras but I, it wasn't my focus and the goals i had in uspsa were were uh, were not primary, you know, they were, they were secondary goals. It was just, Hey, I'm gonna have fun. I'll shoot some USB matches every now and then. But well, yeah, man, when it came to ultra, yeah, I was running, geez, man, 40, 50 miles a week, which is not much for an ultra marathoner. Some of those cats are running 80, hundred miles a week. I was not, I, again, mediocre. I had no visions of grandeur. I, I mean, there's no way in hell at 40 years old, 40 plus years old, I'm going to become one of the best ultra marathoners on the planet. I mean, I, I would be 60 before I could even like get close to it if my genetics supported it. And they probably don't. Right. And, and running that much put again, it would just really highlight my injuries. And uh, so I can't do it. So my goal was to finish a 200 mile race. That's Not insane. finish it. Well, yeah, it probably is. It's kind of stupid, to be right honest with you. I mean, logic. No, it ain't stupid. Logic. Just... Said, oh, no, it was stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 that is one thing I can tell you about 200-mile races. They are stupid. Uh, no, uh, and, the, and the one that I really beat myself up on, whatever, you know, and then went and did the, hey, let's put yourself in the hospital and piss blood, you know, and then six weeks later, instead of a 200, let's go do a 243. Moab's 243 miles. But my approach was so much different, so much smarter. Ranger Tony went after the Bigfoot, you know, laid back Special Forces Tony and chilled in the Moab and finished fine, healthy as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it, it was a mediocre finish. You know what I'm saying? I was just trying to finish that race, you know? 
And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I just want to, you know, finish a 5K. And people are like, well, big deal. Big deal. It's only, you know, 3.1 miles. Anybody can do that. Well, I mean, that, that varies, man. Some people, three miles might as well be 200. Sure. Depending on what your history is like. I mean, I have an entire life of, of a, quite a bit of endurance training, you know, from the military. And I did triathlons and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I know what it's like to go hard and not sleep and all that stuff. So, I had a solid base and background that supported doing a 200 plus mile race um so yeah i mean to answer your questions man i think it really is and you know everybody has i look at the world and i try to explain this to, to folks i i don't see things as two plus two equals four everything we're doing is an equation with variables with a result and your variables are so much different than mine right like if we both decided we wanted to be world-class basket weavers right or world-class finger painters, whatever it is, and we both start out, the variables in our lives, right, are so much different that the result for it to be the same, the process is going to be drastically different, right? Your schedule, my schedule, where I'm at in life and what I'm doing, right now I'm training people to shoot a lot. Well, that, bro, that kind of supports my USPSA goal. I'm shooting 200 rounds a day sure. just working on marksmanship with with everything from basic shooters to very very competitive shooters whereas you and your work right it, they, they're not necessarily supported towards your hobbies which is kind of cool so again those are all variables in our equation um, if you want to be good at USPSA well you've got to drive an hour out here to shoot where I literally can open the I can shoot from right here where we're sitting I can put a target I can sit here in the house. Of course, Melissa would probably lose her shit. But uh, <laughs> but if I wanted to, I could sit right here in the living room and shoot out my front door. I have shot my bow from this front porch. I've shot guns from the front porch when it was raining. And then ultimately, Melissa told us we had to put the range out back. No more shooting in the front yard. Um, but so our variables, you know, and I think that's important is that people like to see things in sums. And that's not how things work, right? Like variables, genetics. Huge variable. Well, in that umbrella, we can talk physical genetics, self-discipline genetics, right? People say that, you know, talent is beat by hard work. Yeah, hard work is a genetic trait. True. The ability to balance motivation and self-discipline, right? Because when motivation fails us, self-discipline has to take over and vice versa. And some people will say, well, this one's more important than that one. No, this one's more important than that one when that one is low. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're inverse. Now when they're both high, like whenever you first start out something like, ooh, this is awesome. You know, I love this. That's when we make huge gains. But that's not how the world works, right? So variables in the equation, you know? And, and I think that's when people start looking at it like that and, and like, I mean, I look at my shooting. If I'm, or my lifting, it doesn't matter what it is. What is the variable when I'm testing and evaluating? Everything to me is data, test, and evaluate. Assess, review, you know, sustain, improve, right? I'm constantly after action review and everything I do. Every shot I send out of a gun, every rep of every squat, like I'm after action reviewing that in my head. Um, and that obviously comes from, from the special operations, but also the coaching. It, it was It's very much a thing in special operations, but coaching crossfitters or powerlifters or runners that's where i developed it and honed it so now it really supports my own stuff and i mean you know it like i said to me that's just a huge message man when i talk to people i'm like 
You got to stop looking at things as binary or linear, right? There are so many things happen in parallel in your life, you know, that when you start thinking about those parallels, they're, they're variables in an equation and variables can have some variables, but you got to be able to identify those things and whatever's causing you friction that's inhibiting you get to your goal as fast as you'd like to, you've got to deal with that variable, right? Or you got to turn the other ones up, right? You, you know the saying, right? Like, uh, how's it go? Make your weaknesses your strengths. I'm like, hey, bro, my weaknesses are genetically ingrained. Yeah, they suck. I ain't never going to improve them. So I'm going to focus on my strengths and make my strengths where you don't even notice. And I don't even, well, I'm always going to be aware of my weaknesses, right? But I am aware of them. So I'm like, dude, makes your strengths so awesome that no one ever I believe more in the double down on your strength. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I get it. I can be a lazy lump too, man. There are days I don't want to be up and motivated and stuff, but my strength is my ability to talk myself out of being a lump of shit. You know? Hey, dude, get up. Like, I don't believe, like, you know the memes we all see these days, right? Like, oh, you were born perfect just the way you are. See, I'm not into that. Yeah. I, I tell myself stuff like, hey, dude, you need to get your lazy ass up and go put the work in. You know, don't be a puss today. You don't have time to be a puss. You know, yeah. I'm brutal, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty brutal myself. But it's not like in a hateful way. Like, I'm not like, you know, going in the corner and cutting I'm myself. finding myself in that, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I will be like, hey, don't be a puss, bro. I'm finding myself in that position more and more often here lately. Yeah. And I think it's just because I'm biting off. I think I'm biting off more than I can chew. I'm shooting that bar. I'm trying to set that bar too really? fucking I mean, high. I, I, you know, just from an outside perspective, looking in on your life, man, I would have never noticed you were doing too much. One hundred percent sarcasm there. Right, right. No, but I mean, like, and I get it. You know, I, I know. You know, when I came out here and you know I shot with you guys that first time, and then I turned around and shot that match, which was horrible. Good experience. <laughs> But basically took everything that you taught me and threw it out the window and said, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to point my gun and shoot. Right. And it was horrible. But, you know, then I did that. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go learn jujitsu. Got my ass kicked in two of those things. Which, yeah. I mean, it was great. We're talking about two sports that people start when they're four years old. Exactly. Right? You know, like the and guy was, you were rolling with, how many years has he been doing it? Oh, insane. You know I mean? And they're right. not only him, just a million other guys are in yeah. that class. And they were great dudes. Right. They were like, hey, man. Just take your time. You yeah. know, they, it wasn't an ego trip by any of those guys. No, 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 no. It's a great community. And, BJJ uh, guys are awesome, very supportive. But aren't, But isn't everyone as passionate about what they do? Exactly. The bodybuilding yeah. world, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. People who enjoy and are passionate about their own growth are always happy to help others. Always. Exactly. You know, if you meet someone that is just so you know, focused on their own results that they're not nice to the new people around them, man, they're in the wrong. They're just... I don't, I, I do that shit with business all the time. People will call me and they'll, they'll want to pick my brain. And I'm like, listen, man, I don't have an MBA. I'm not the most smartest business guy in the world, but I can tell you where I fucked up. Yeah. And I want to help them for free because it's something that I enjoy doing. That's right. But I love seeing people become successful, man. I mean, and if I can help in any way, that's cool. You know, I actually feel bad sometimes. Excuse me. When... And it's weird, like a total stranger DMs me and asks me a question and I don't have time to give him a, a thorough answer, you know, but since I clicked on it, I know if I don't answer him right now, I will never answer him. It's going to get bummed up and I, I still answer all my DMs. Uh, it's not always easy, but 
I, I will feel bad if I can't give them the best answer. Sure. I mean, there are so many times I'll pull off the side of the road and answer a DM, somebody I don't even know, just because, you know, and that, you know, I appreciate, I, I really appreciate the fact that people that don't know me would trust me with business advice or how to shoot. I mean, let's face it, shooting is kind of a dangerous thing. And you don't even know me and you're willing off of watching some one minute clips on Instagram to ask me about this or that or nutrition or lifting or whatever. Man, that's to me, that's a huge responsibility that, you know, when people trust you like that, and that's 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 sure. a responsibility, really, you know. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like I said, I think I, bit, I think I bit off more than I can chew. And I'm still looking for that thing that I can put my focus to go do it. And when I get tired of it, then I'll just move on to the next yeah. thing and try and save so you. I think a lot of people do that. I think yeah. Yvonne and I is trying to do it. Yvonne is trying to do the same thing. Yeah. She wants to do five different physical things. And I'm like, babe, we're, our schedule doesn't right. allow that to happen yeah. at the moment. So, well, maybe I should take up CrossFit, man. Freaking, they do like five different things in 15 minutes. Do you know what would happen to my <laughs> reputation if I showed yeah. up at CrossFit gym? Uh, Scott's sitting here laughing at yeah, me. Yeah, right? No, I mean, yeah, right now I'm happy with, with USPSA. And, you know, all I have, you, you got to, what I, what I see is, like, like yourself, right? You, you have your business. So if you schedule a meeting, right, are you on time for that meeting? Right. Most of the time. Most of the time, right? Yeah, I mean, you told me when you're going to be here. Followed up, said you're here, you pulled in the driveway right on time, right? Um, I was actually going distracted. So if you look at your life and you say, okay, if I can be successful in business, well, you know what? If I can schedule an appointment, if I can schedule 20 appointments and phone calls and podcasts and I can be on time for all this stuff, well, you know what? You can damn sure schedule yourself three hours on every Wednesday or every whenever day to go do your hobby. But you just have to make it a priority. And I think, and this is just this is not just you, but people in general, myself. A lot of times, we don't prioritize our own things. We like your your work has been your your goal. You go after it, right? You're just digging, and you don't care how many people have to die for your business to be successful. You will not stop. It's your baby. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. However, comma, if you don't have something that makes you healthy, mentally and physically, but more so mentally. Right, like like I said, you could take up finger pain if you really enjoyed it, and it's a time in which you can let go of all the stuff and things. And if we want to use the modern day term of stress, um, you know, you can literally just like it, just have that stuff take over your world for a little while. I shot with a fellow yesterday. He said, "Man, at the end of the day, you know, he's like, I it was like I was in dreamland for the last six hours. I haven't taken one second to think about all the stuff that's going on in my life." And I think if, if you if you would approach, or anyone, not you, us, all of us, if we approach our health and our welfare, and that hobbies are part of that, um, and, and gym goers and runners and everybody sometimes take it too far. They will literally make their gym so important that their life sucks. Yeah. See, like business. And, been there and too. They don't care about their job. Right. Yeah, been there too. Meet, right? You know, um, Typically with business people, I think our businesses take our priority and we're willing to let our hobbies and our own health go to crap. So my point is you have to schedule and it has to be as equal to, you know, a business meeting. You know what I'm saying? 
And you have to tell yourself, being a mentally strong person that can convince yourself of things, um, you know, that this is as important as any business meeting I do this week. And any business thing that needs attention during this three hours block can effing wait. That was the hardest thing for me to do. And if it was not for Melissa, I would probably still be working till midnight every night and getting up at five in the morning. Uh, I still work crazy hours and stuff, but she basically told me, she demanded, like, and said, hey man, I deserve more of your attention. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And and with that, the, she helped me realize that, you know what? This can wait till tomorrow. I mean, I, I would prioritize an email from someone who was just asking a question, had no intent of actually doing business with me, a DM. I would put that as like, right now, I have to answer this right now. Nah, man, it can wait till tomorrow. That I've gotten a lot better yeah. at. I've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. I think it's funny because the day that I called you and said, hey, man, I've got a little bit of interest in what you've been doing. You were all for it. And I think I remember you chuckling. And you were like, well, I said, you know, the biggest thing that you're going to have trouble with is actually leaving work to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> And, so. and, and that was, that was in March, maybe like February, early March. Cause I, I was, know, I was working down in Georgia. Me. So I know I remember being at work talking to you. And, um, so that was what, six months ago. Is that right? Six, almost yeah, six, six months ago. And you've shot with me twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, and you know, you know, Better than I do, yeah, yeah. All you have to do is say, hey, man, I'm on my way out there. And I'll be like, all right, cool. I'm jamming up some mags. You know, range will be set up when you get here, you know. But I can't call you and say, hey, Dom, why don't you come shoot with me, bro? I mean, you're a handsome fellow, man, but I'm not calling you and asking you to No, me, I get dude. it, man. I mean, <laughs> you and I have always been on that kind yeah. of. I've got a couple other buddies that are like that, yeah. but I mean, we can go no, it's here, man. two months without speaking and yeah. pick up the phone and go right where we left yeah. off. But, yeah. Well, I want to ask you one more question and we don't have to dive down a very deep rabbit hole on this one for hmm. probably everybody else's sake of offending them. And I'm using oh, my no. finger in quotes, but oh, no. <laughs> what, uh, is, we, we talked about status quos and, and society today earlier. What the hell? I want to know your opinion on, everything going on in the world today with gun laws and all the bullshit you see on the internet with them trying to you know fuck up our second amendment, right? <laughs> you know what, man? Here's the bottom line. That's the way I look at it, right? And the reason I'm asking Gun you control, is because I know that you're going to... Yeah. I was, I, let me start by saying, if, I, if, if there was a law that could be passed, right? If there was a law that could be passed that would stop gun, gun violence and it would stop it I don't care if it stopped at two years from now, right? Um, sorry, the dog. He's protecting your house. Yeah, somebody was walking up. Sorry about that. Um, if there was a law or 10 laws that could be passed that eliminated gun violence in America, I would totally support it. Totally support. If, because I am <clears throat> contractually obliged, I shook the hand of the American people and said I would protect the Constitution. I am still contractually applied. If they repealed the Second Amendment, that contract still, I'd still honor it. Um, 
I would totally be for gun control if it would stop gun crime. Here's the problem. And it's, it's obviously there's more variables in this equation. And it boils down to a couple of things. A, criminals don't give a damn about no. laws, no. right? You can't, I mean, just like speed limits. I don't adhere to speed limits most of the time, but I know I can get away with nine over. Nine and you're fine, right? What me and you, what we have an in, 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 uh, inhibitions to stop us from being violent to other people, right? But so, you know, for lack of better terms, man, I have been violent before. You know, I have been violent to other human beings. Uh, for lack of better terms, I kind of enjoyed it. For I mean, we were hunting people. You know, that's what we were doing in the war, right? I cannot explain that violence to a nonviolent person. And that is the base of the problem, is that we, the people who are for gun control are fearful people. And they would think and they wish and they want these laws to protect them and, and all this, this stuff. And it, it's just not, it's not truthful. It's not, a, it's not a real thing. It can never happen. You can ban guns all you want. Man, they're not going away. Yeah. Right? There are, what, millions, billions of guns in the United States? And if guns were the problem, the fact that there are millions or billions, whatever the number is, then there would be a lot more shootings. And then we can, of course, go down the, uh, the whole, like you said, rabbit hole of why are the guns important? Because they really, only a few, a very small percentage of uh, preventable, if you want to use that term, deaths in America happen with guns. Yeah, it's very small. It's very small. So why is this so important? Why is why isn't better health important, right? People die of diabetes, heart disease, all preventable. Our diets are horrible. Why is there not a push to educate, right? There's or a push to educate about guns. Why is there no government funding program to educate people about guns? There are government funding programs to educate about nutrition. But the difference is there are no laws against people feeding their children junk food. So I think that's the problem is it's not a rational thing. And the reason it's not rational and 2A people try to rationalize with anti-gun people. And there's so many reasons that cannot happen or it's very difficult to happen because most people who are against guns and are anti-Second Amendment um, don't understand guns. They never tried to buy one. So they don't even know that every single state in the union has a background check. It's a federal background check, right? So you can't go into a gun store and buy a gun without going through a background check. And in most cases, a waiting period. Like in North Carolina, you have to get permission to buy a handgun from the local sheriff. Yeah, right? I actually just tried to buy one the other day and I couldn't because my purchasing permit was expired. Right. Yeah, so, um, so it's not easy, right? I can't leave here right now and go buy a gun in a gun store. I can buy a gun from another person right i can sell guns to you and you can sell guns to me legally we're supposed to give each other a bill of sale um and that's the loophole they call it it's not really a loophole now i'm not going to sell a gun to a person i don't know and trust sure. and most gun owners are that type of responsible they're also responsible enough not to go mass shooting you know what i'm saying owning a gun doesn't like in what way does that say okay and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and do shootings. That's not going to happen, right? Well, what's stopping me from doing that? My inhibitions, my um, obligation to society. 
Okay. That is a difficult concept with the lack of all of that. Criminality, violence. You can't explain that to a nonviolent, well-behaved human being. Right? And they're good people. I really think that most anti-Second Amendment and anti-gun people, gun control supporters, whatever you want to call them, they're mostly good people. Right? I have some very good friends who are, want gun control, but they don't understand violence. They don't understand it and they never will. They can't imagine hurting another human being. So you can't explain it to them. It's hard for me to explain it to them. Like I can, I can explain it to them. I can't understand it for them, right? What it's like to be that type of violence. Sure. And even enjoy it. And it scares people to hear people say what I just said, right? But you're, you're criminal, any type of person, whether it's gang violence. And people think it's insane I say this, but I think felons should be able to have guns. I mean, I think crack dealer A should be able to protect himself from crack dealer B. Right? Owning a gun has nothing to do with selling drugs. People think that's extreme. Right? Here's the deal. I don't care if you sell drugs and own a gun. Right? As long as you don't use the gun to hurt somebody else, right? If you're protecting yourself, I think a drug dealer has the exact same rights to protect him or herself than someone else. Right? And here's why. Because a white-crawler criminal, right? An accountant that laundered money, right? How come he can have a gun? Because selling drugs is not a violent crime in and of itself, right? But we add, I mean, it's a game. That, let's face it. Those laws sure. are made so it, it makes it easier for police officers to, to do their... There know, isn't much of a uh, difference there. I see but you see what I'm saying? I think the 2A should just be completely open. And what it is is fearful people don't understand what it's like to be responsible gunners. And they can definitely not understand what it's like to be a violent human being. So there's no way to have a rational conversation. They don't want to hear that diabetes kill more or drunk driving kills more or text messaging and driving kills more people than violent guns, you know, violent use of the guns for violence. Right? They don't want to hear it. So how are we going to have this conversation and what do we do? Well, I think right now the only answer is email, phone calls, tag your representatives. And they are representatives of us, right? Sure. We hired them. Uh, people call them legislators, right? People who make laws. Well, and then, yeah, kind of, that's what they do. But they're representatives. And I think the, you know, people need to remember that and that we can fire them. You know, a lot of, a lot of Democrats and Republicans that went soft during the Clinton era, they lost their jobs. So whatever happens in September when they come back in, se in session, if they do come after some of these gun laws and these red flag laws that are really scary, to me, red flag laws are just kind of scary. Like, I mean, you get in an argument, pick up the phone, and I call the cops and tell them that, hey, man, you're you're acting crazy and you got a gun, and they'll come. They can come take it. Now you have other people like Crenshaw, um, who's taking a lot of flack, uh, former Navy SEAL. You know, uh, he's taking a lot of flack. And he's like, no, it needs to be the laws need to be written, due process, this and that. Hey, man, it's still against the Second Amendment. Any law against guns is infringement period or any yeah. components of guns so anyway um like i said man i really i wish if i was a wishing wanting believing thinking and in my opinion type person if there was a, a some legislature that could be passed that would make all violence go away dude i'd be in support of it i'd turn in my guns it's just not real it can't be real you can't stop because right now 
people can make their own guns. Sure. And in countries where guns are not everywhere, they're worth a lot of money. You know what they use? Bombs. And bombs aren't hard to make. So, man, just know where we're going. Take guns off this from out of the hands of regular folks. Take them from criminals in the U.S. Man, you think guns are bad. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess we can wrap it up there, man. I'm ready to go shoot myself, yeah, let's actually. Go shoot. <laughs> no, you're not ready to go shoot yourself, are you? No. No, no, no. Reword that sentence, bro. <laughs> but we uh, get some shooting in, yeah. Man, I appreciate the time and uh Oh, my pleasure, man. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you or do you want people to find you? Oh yeah, you yeah. Um so yeah, man, I enjoy teaching folks. I don't care what skill level I get that hit up a lot. People think I don't teach beginners. I really enjoy teaching beginners, uh shooting and so forth. My company is Capable Incorporated, uh at Capable Inc. on uh Insta. I'm not on Facebook anymore. That's pretty awesome. Facebook's a miserable place. It's been cool. I'm I'm clean of Facebook for over six months now. Um, and then of course it's just Tony, you have a chip? <laughs> Tony underscore Calvin on Insta, man. That's, that's where I hang out these days, man. Puppies and shooting and stuff, man. This is a more of a happy place. Cool. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time, man. Thank no, you. Thank you, brother. All right, guys. Till next time. Well, there you have it. That's our two cents and that's our clean truth. For more information on clean eats, visit www.cleaneats.com to find Yvonne and I on social media. On Instagram, I'm Don underscore Verity, V-A-R-A-D-Y. To find Yvonne, it's just Yvonne Verity, all lowercase. Thank you. Have a great day, guys.